Blog Talk Radio. Oh, she has it. Oh, was that you? And I'm going to make a post from the site right now. Hey, live listeners, happy Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in. Podcast listeners, how's your day? No matter what day that is. You have found yourself on episode 88 of the Larcher and Lawrenson Sports Show. is a big one, man. 89? It's going to be a pretty big one, too. I would think so. You know, you reached out this week for number 88. You uh, tweeted the great Bears legend... Des Clark. Des Clark. 88. Uh, Not Des Clark. Des Clark? Yeah, Des Clark. Who was the one who got... Oh, I asked him, I'm I asked him to be Sam on episode, I asked him to be on 88. Oh, yeah. Not Sam Hurt. He, uh, he only gets one phone call a day, I think. <laughs> who else was 80? Was Marcus Robinson? Marcus Robinson, who retired a bear. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. You should have reached out to Marcus Robinson. I don't think he's doing anything. We could have gotten Robinson. Uh, but... Reached out to Dale Jr. as well, another great 88. But he's a hillbilly. Never he probably can't read Twitter. Maybe we'll get a call tonight. Uh, we are taking phone calls at 888-787-4827. I'm going to do my best to keep an eye on it. Uh, Lauren is out tonight. Personal okay. day. Yeah, sure. Yep. I mean, if these keep adding up, we may have to find a new EP. But there you go. What's the text line, my friend? 773 Five one eight nine and only uh, international calls. We don't uh, nothing hey. outside of America, wow. please. Yeah, uh, joining us in studio is Brent Bridwell. Yes, we Big got Betty. Andrew giving us a call a little bit. Brent Bridwell, of course, is in Think Tank Comedy. He's in the Think Tank Comedy. Sure group. is. I know you guys are all doing some blackout diary stuff coming up. It's we can talk about it later. What's that? Down in India. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Big Bitty with a sharpshooter mustache. Yeah, he's going to squeeze in a Colts game in there, too? I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. I've graduated from creep mustache to sharpshooter out, though. Yeah, it's, it's looking good. That's man. a good point. Wow. We got some tons of Bulls happenings. Bulls are taking shape. The Bears are about a week out from training camp, about eight days oh, out. Oh, thank God, because if I have to listen to any more baseball talk... I, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna end it all. We of course had the All Star Game going on this week. Uh, a couple Cubs made that. Uh, Chris Bryant played in the Futures Games. I got some reports uh, a little bit later to talk about the Cubbies and uh, you know, of course, the prospects. That's all I've been talking about. But let's just do this show. Let's kick it over to my friend and partner, the one and only Al Archer. You know, they had the Burning Man thing in Utah, the, the, a regional event last week, and a guy was listening to sports radio. And all he heard was baseball talk. He ended up running into the fire and killing himself. <laughs> true story. So it, Partially true right there. Well, yeah. Uh, and you had been to that same festival what, a couple years ago? Two years ago, I went to the Utah burn. And you lost your knee. I did. I blew my knee up. But you're still with us. I was, I was 380 pounds, and I decided maybe I could zip line. And I yeah. held on to the zip line for about a half a second. And then I fell and landed 
leg first, and that weakened the knee. And then later that night, there was a, a storm blew in, and we're in the we're in the Utah salt flats. Okay. It's just flat and salt. You lick your arms; it tastes like a pretzel. So all of a sudden, the storm blows in, yeah. and I, because I'm a consumer. I like to have the biggest tent in the town. You know what I mean? When I go to Burning Man, I don't want to have a little space. I want to have a cabin. Well, maybe next time you go, it'll actually be a little smaller. Maybe. It's like a gold. So I built my summer cottage, which is a huge-ass tent, and the storm blew in, and I didn't properly secure my tent. Uh-huh. So the wind started blowing at 100 like a miles fable. an hour. <laughs> I think, mean, yeah. You didn't You're build right. your house strong enough. Yeah, it was. It was total. He huffed and he puffed. <laughs> So the wind starts blowing, right? All of a sudden, I'm on the outside holding this, the bar. It pushes yeah. me back. My knee gives out. I collapse Ugh. right in the mud. It's pouring rain. People are like, are you okay? I'm like, my knee's not working. They're like, we'll call the paramedics. They help me up. A guy comes. A guy comes in a Jeep with a unicorn on the front, and he has a dildo on a, uh, j- on a drill. So he keeps pushing, and he's a doctor. He keeps pushing the drill, and it's spinning the dildo. And I'm like, I don't think that's the medicine I need. I, I think I just need some help here. At this point, I'd rather be abducted by aliens. Exactly. Right. And pretty much, I would prefer an alien because I, they're a lot more gentle. Right. That's for research. Uh, exactly. It's for scientific reasons. So I get up, and I'm like, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. I go, and I take a couple steps. All of a sudden, the fucking knee slides out again. Yeah. Boom. Oh, wow. I go down. Now they have to lift my ass on a thing, and they carry me in a Jeep. We go to this tent. Well, mind you, this massive storm is still going on. Uh-huh. Inside, now I'm in a tent, like on MASH. Inside the tent, shit is blowing. One of the main poles that holds the thing up comes and just misses me by about a foot. It would have it killed me. I would have died in Utah on a salt flat in a tent with a doctor with a, with a drill, with not a drill bit on the end of it. Jesus. So... I mean, it never go to there the desert have, with you. <laughs> there wouldn't have been a larger and Lawrence's sports show. We started no. a short show in uh, September of that year. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I eventually got to a, an actual hospital. Wow. And uh, yeah, they they fixed me up, and it turned out to be okay. But well, you're you're still here with us, and uh, us as your friends are happy to have it. Your your listeners, your alcoholics out there. That's right. They're happy, and I'll tell you who else the is happy. Elkies. The Clark Bars are happy as well. I always dead. let you say Clark Bar, but I'll. I'll say it. Too. What about the alchemists? Are they happy? They are too. They're they're the upper missed with an I or missed with a Y. Who are the alchemists? They're they're the upper end of my demographic. They're the uh the uh <laughs> the scientific community that are fans of me. Y'all you might be listening to us on Stitcher Radio today, uh on your podcast version of the show. You can download that for free on your Android, on your iPhone. Uh, it's available on both of those. You can click the Listen Later button so you can download it on your Wi-Fi and bring it to work with you. Plug us into your uh, your Bluetooth or like my 97 Saturn. I have one of those uh, car chargers that plugs into my phone. My phone actually works as a like a Bluetooth does. Your phone actually charges your car? Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea. Remember when it sat for about two months? Brent, Brent and I are neighbors. Uh, here at the Larcher Lawrence Studio. A couple years ago, me and a couple of the guys from Comedy Accident went down to training camp. And I was in I was in the PT cruiser, and uh, on the way back, uh, somebody was somebody was pissing me off, and I had I think I had like a radar detector. This was you know a couple of years ago, back when radar detectors were relevant. 
I had something plugged in. This radar detectors. And I like ripped it out, and I like, oh, I had one of those map things before the phones had the good oh, maps. Oh, you had the GPS. Yeah, the GPS. Yeah. I ripped the damn GPS out, and since then, I haven't been able to plug yeah, anything which, into my car. The year before I went with you, but I heard the story of it. Yeah. You were not happy. Did the did training camp calm you down? I think it was on the way back from training camp. Oh, Jesus. Must have been a, you must not have seen anything you liked. Oh, is Peanut not doing teaching well? Not teaching Peanut was punch? teaching the punch. That's your favorite thing about training is. camp is watching Peanut Tillman. Peanut Tillman, he goes, if, you, if you've never been to training camp, when after between drills, Peanut Tillman gets the other cornerbacks and he teaches them kung fu moves on how to punch the ball out. <laughs> like he sits there and he drills them on it. So glad he's back. Man. Oh, yeah. That's I am. great. And I mean, I, who knows how that's going to go. I mean, but they did pick up that Fuller kid. Fuller? Fulmer? Fuller. As long as the kids don't get as long as in training camp we don't find anybody getting a pup, we're going to be okay. Getting a pup? Physically unable to perform. Oh, yeah. If uh, you get on, on the, the pup list, we're in trouble. This team Does that is a Super you? Bowl contender. It's yes. a playoff. This team is a playoff team, and if Jared Allen plays to a, a level higher than what he has, or is he plays at the exact same level he's been playing at? Last year wasn't very bad. Then, exactly. Then we're talking about a Super Bowl contender. I want eight sacks out of him. Yeah. I mean, I'd take eight. But, eight, I, really, eight but be, I want double figures. Eight would be a good start. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sorry. I cut um, you off there. But as long as nobody gets right. on this pup list, because we don't have a lot of depth. We, right. have, we got players. We got starters. No. But this team is not built around depth yet, because Phil Emery was working his magic. He was putting the pieces in place. He was getting the team together. Uh-huh. Next year is going to be more about depth. I mean, really, who, who do you want to replace as a starter right now? I mean, maybe someone else on the D-line. We right. don't know. A lot well, of questions. What's Ratliff doing, you know? Right. Uh, he, he's kind of there to anchor the D-line the, the right now, and, it, and that's, just, that's an area that last year is where the injuries really hit us. Uh, I'll tell you, the, injury want, the, the injuries that we can't have, well, we do want Conti's knee to take a little longer, for sure. Yeah. And then DJ Williams. Uh, it's the linebacking core. We need a healthy yes. DJ Williams. I'll give you that. The linebacking core is definitely out. questionable. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I am ready for training camp because, uh, I, I really, the baseball, it, it, it's tedious. I, you, did you watch the, uh, home run derby? Uh, no, I, I wasn't able to catch it. I was out, I was out in Michigan, uh, that night, but, uh, that's what people in Michigan do, Clark. When you're oh. in Michigan, you watch baseball. I don't know. The there was a beautiful you. lake outside that I was taking advantage of. And you didn't have baseball on the radio? It was the best weekend I've had in a long time. Uh, oh, really? No. We, we, Never we mind the parade. Never mind the parade. Uh, huh? uh, Brent was a part of. I was a part of. No, no, no. Never no, no, mind no. that, that weekend. That wasn't no, 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 a weekend. No, no, no. That wasn't a weekend getaway. Well, it was. No, nah, it was a great time. We should talk about the parade. I had a fantastic time. Uh, I it was everything and more that I ever expected of it. When I found out about the zombie thing going on, getting up that early to put that on, I wasn't so sure. I mean, yeah. zombie makeup in a hot parade, you're nervous about. Yeah, quick history. We took down a 41-year dynasty in the Lake Bluff Parade last year. Uh, knocked off the lawnmower crew. Pissed about it. First they retired, they came back, and then uh, we decided to do, do a z- million zombie march, which yeah. was tough. It was. We had to get up at 5.30. Oh, most definitely. And, and we persevered. We, we persevered. Did. We made yeah. it. Which, by the way, is the name of Mark Tressman's book, Perseverance. Oh, wow. Segway. Pick, Segway. pick that. Do you have it? I have not. You were going to order it, remember? That was yeah, like your well, big, we, you we were, were going to read a quote we, a week. We were going to give it away. Yeah, I don't, 
I got a book from Brent that I'm trying to get kickstarted on. I'm still trying to finish this other bears. Started. You got a fundraising campaign going to yep. start this. Book. Oh yeah. Help me learn to read. <laughs> Help me figure it out. You're on episode 88. Thank you all for listening. Uh, as I said earlier, we're also on iTunes. Thanks for listening there as well. At Larcher Lawrence and on Twitter. Uh-huh. And we have a uh, text line, 773-559-5189. The subject's conventional wisdom and authority. Your guest, Brent Bridwell. Clark Lawrence and the co-host. Yeah. As always. Hey, I'm back. No. What a What a lovely time. Oh, they move those things every time, huh? You know, some big NFL news. I don't know if you caught this, but it was a breaking story. Number one, the big breaking news, Brian Urlacher, still a free agent. Nobody has signed oh, up. Oh, he is. Um, the other big news, I, I, the, um, you've heard of the 49ers, and uh, you know the New Orleans Saints? Yeah. Well, the Saints have cheerleaders, and they just hired a 40-year-old lady. Forty-year-old oh, wow. mother of two just made the cheerleading That's squad. Impressive. So you know, I just want to get you updated on all the big happenings in the NFL. Um, <laughs> she's the only other forty-year-old cheerleader in the league. The other one also got the job when she was forty. Five years later, she's still a cheerleader for the San Francisco Forty Nine. The Cincinnati Bengals. I'll be darned. Yeah, no. not really that surprised. No, no. Listen, in Cincinnati, forty-five is a young twenty-three. I don't know. People just age a little quicker out there. Icky Woods, still my the my favorite thing about the Cincinnati Bengals of all time. You uh you you remember the Icky Shuffle? Well, that's why I brought him up. My yeah. favorite thing about the Bengals of all time is the guy that ran on the field and knocked the football out of Brett Favre's hand oh. after the play got called dead. Yeah, it was, I, a, it was a fan. It was like a streak. Yeah. Uh, my buddy Casey's from Cincinnati, and he said that guy got charged with a misdemeanor. Paid off the fines and now is not since paid for a beer in a bar in Cincinnati since. Wow, best investment yeah. of his life. What a smart move! Absolutely, yeah. And you got to, you you're the guy who hit Brett Favre. I mean, that's yeah. Wow, Chicago doesn't hate you. No. Uh, well, your guy uh, Woo 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 Wooten. Woo Woo. Wasn't woo, he? Woo. Yeah, he's the guy who took uh, Favre out in the final game up there in the college stadium. Uh, Ronnie Woo Woo. No, uh, Corey Wooten. Oh, Wooten, yeah, woo, woo, he was. Wooten. He did. He took him out. So Ended Favre's career. If he, if if Al Archer sees you at any bar, drinks on him, right? I'd buy Corey Wooten a drink. I wouldn't buy Ronnie Wu a drink, though. Wow. But I I did sing karaoke with him the other yeah. night. Oh yeah. We sang Oki from Muskogee. Did he pick that or did you? I he heard, picked it. Really, Ronnie? I, was, I figured he asked you wow. what you liked because he didn't know what. Right. Right. Happening. Like, yeah. You know, he needs a song where he he knows. The words, or most of them, anyway. And I was it, and it helps. I was playing a lot of country. Woo Woo comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, uh, Ogie from Muskogee. Ogie from Muskogee." He knows how to work a crowd. I, I said, think he knew how to work. I think certain people know how to listen to what you're playing and say, "Oh, this guy's a country fan." Right? Maybe. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it, it, it street smarts. Street. Yeah. Street. And that smarts. helps. I mean, that helps not as much as is a is a bill in that jar, but it it'll help. But uh, yeah. So he comes up and. I get him up there fairly quick. Ronnie Woo Woo. Woo Woo. Yeah. Woo Woo comes up, and I'm like, all right, song's starting. And, I, and he's just looking and smiling at the screen. And I'm like, yeah, like you got to The whole sing. first verse was missed. Right. <laughs> so I pick it up, and then he starts lip singing along with me. So I was like Millie Vanilli. Um, yes. I was the voice of Ronnie Woo Woo. Well, he lip sing Ogie from Muskogee for the crowd. It was, uh, it was enjoyable. He tried on the choruses. He did, yeah. By the way, Trader Todd's is where that happened. Trader Todd's is where we will be broadcasting wow. live 
next Wednesday. Tell your grandma, tell her to tell her bingo club, tell your granddaughter, tell her to bring the whole uh, cheerleading squad out. We are going to be broadcasting live. There's going to be an audience. There's going to be some drink specials. Yeah, we'll, we'll do a live set. Uh, we got uh, Allie Bockler will be joining us again uh, on, on air in studio, and they're live. Woo. And then also uh, stand-up comedian, a uh, friend of the group, Drew Freeze. Lovely. We'll be joining us doing Drew. a stand-up Woo. set. Excellent. It's going to be a fun time. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm pretty And we are going to literally be broadcasting it. from a boat. We are, from the boat in the beer garden. Uh, there's going to be tons of drink specials. Couple food specials going on that evening. Uh, we'll open up the back at about uh, six o'clock. If there does happen to be weather, we're going to set up in the studios on the second floor. So uh, come on out to Trader Todd's with or without the weather. With the weather, we're going to be outside. And you can finally, Clark can meet all the alcoholics, and I can meet all the Clark bars. I can't and, wait. Um, it'll, it'll be like a kumbaya moment, really. Uh, what exactly? Just holding hands? Mm-hmm. Sitting around I would the imagine there's going to be a lot oh, of hands. Oh, we got the holding. fire out there. There's yeah. a beautiful fire pit. That, that'll work for me. Hey, uh, speaking of NFL news, have you heard this? I got an article out of the Rolling Stone, and there's been a couple national outlets. Isn't that that music rag? That is. It's a music uh, magazine. Used to be a lot bigger, cooler. Uh, but, you know, as times go on, well, magazines aren't really cutting it anymore. Uh, Who runs that? George Lucas facing possible lawsuit over Chicago Museum Bill. Uh, Ryan Reed wrote this, uh, yes, uh, today. Really? Back in June, Lucas announced plans to build a private museum in the Windy City, but he's facing some political opposition from Chicago open space advocates who claim his 1095000 square foot design for the Lucas Museum of Narrative Art would be in violation of city ordinances created to protect public space adjacent to Lake Michigan. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the advocates are threatening to file a lawsuit that would block the 70-year-old Star Wars creator from carrying out the bill. What it is is it's Bears fans, Hal, who are upset. It's not parking Bears lot. fans. It's, it's no. three assholes. No. In a, they're they're putting on. this on Chicago Bears fans, and that's who's doing it, who want to uh, tailgate still. They're taking up two big parking lots of valuable tailgating space. It would be down there? Yeah, it's going just in between McCormick Place and Soldier Field. Uh, he's going to build a parking lot underneath him, of course, for parking spaces, but that is the, that's the plan. He picked us over his hometown of San Francisco. I guess his wife is a Chicago gal. <laughs> and I heard rumors like when they were talking, I don't know, like the message boards, I was re- researching it for the tours, you know. And uh, they want to build like a two-scale version of the uh, Millennium Falcon in that thing. I mean, the, it's going to draw people. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. That was a big deal. But, yeah, they're saying that it's fans who want to, to do that. I'm in. Listen, I'll, I'll go to it. You know, the Chicago is – I love this city. I am a man of this city. I am a born and bred, raised and reared. Chicago pumps through uh-huh. my veins. But this city has little groups of people who all they do is bitch. Oh, that's all they do. That's all. This it's. I mean, listen. You got fifty years of uh, Democrats running the place, right? You know, and and it, so they even complain about themselves now. Where I mean, you got these rooftop people. It's always just a little small smidget of uh, people of individuals who cause so much problems in this otherwise nice city. Well, your gal's no longer. Or she she announced that she will not be running for mayor. Tony Prickwinkle yep. is out. She She's will out. not be running. But who's in? I've always respected the, of the teachers union. I've always respected Tony Prepwinkle because she wears the uh, pearls like Marge Simpson. 
So it always she always seemed like a classy lady to me. I always associated that with class. Okay. Even though she's an Obama stooge. I saw her on Facebook once. That's all she does is uh, promote. Why does the teachers union lady feel like she has a chance? Like The poll the, show? She the does. whole Karen Lewis, right? But the whole time of the, the strike and everything. It was the most annoying hated thing hated hearing her yes, talk. Yeah. I mean, like. I didn't Knowing care what her was, agenda or yeah. platform or whether she was wrong or right. I just hated hearing her speak. I yes. didn't like that she was getting national attention as yeah. a Chicago. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I just, right. I don't like her. That would be the face of Chicago. And what what I, is like, that? All things aside, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not a, a, a very attractive person per se. But, I mean, quite frankly, she is, she's frightening looking. She scares small children. And I know it's not just about looks, but... This would be the face of Chicago, and it's an unpleasant face. Yeah, I, I agree. I couldn't agree more. And an unpleasant manner of speaking. Yeah, I, it it just doesn't sit well. I was very glad when the strike ended. Let's just let's just say that. I was too, and I wish she would. She's uh, not winning. I don't think she would win either. I think the polls right now are just kind of. I think when people are like, if I was walking, I hope down, a strong candidate emerges just to put some pressure on Ron yes. at least to. Well, back he, off of something. He's I agree with that. I mean, he's beatable right now, it seems. I would think, but right. It's, yeah. Who is it, you know? A few years ago, when he first ran, I mean, everyone knew it was him. I mean, there yeah. was... Well, and Chicago is a machine. It right. is. It right. becomes a yeah. machine, but I feel like it's early enough where that could, there could be a mm-hmm. well, spike in the wheel. Okay, so yeah. the polls came out and it said, basically, if Pret Winkle ran... Um, she would win. She would dominate that race, and I get it. I mean, she's a, she's a respectable right. person. I don't agree with her politics, but she's a respectable person. Right. And then it also came out if Karen Lewis ran, she would. She was holding a lead right now. But if you, if I was walking, fast, down, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. Exactly. If I was walking down the street right now and somebody came up to me with a clipboard and said, "Who do you want to win an election, Karen Lewis or Rahm Emanuel?" I'd go Karen Lewis. But if it actually came to a vote, I would vote for Rahm Emanuel. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so polls right now yeah, don't really mean much. people just want to mess with the polls, right. and I, I get it. But I think that's why uh, Prepwinkle dropped out so quickly is because I think the machine kind of said, hey, no. Really? Yeah, I think okay. the machine definitely wants Rahm to have another term, and I think that's yeah. ultimately what will happen. I think happen. you're right. Because somebody had already spoken up. They were going to back Prepwinkle on it. Like, uh, there was a big... Uh, like, she had a lot of backing if she yeah. ran. No, Prick Wrinkle, uh, definitely, she's... Uh, well, we'll see if somebody else emerges. It'll be interesting to see as that carries out. Mm-hmm. 888-787-4827 if you're listening live. Brent Bridwell of Think Tank Comedy is in studio with us, as we said earlier during the top of the show. It's good to have you back. Uh, we kind of teased it during the open, but uh, what, are you, what are you and Drew Freeze, who we're going to have on next week on the show on episode 89... What do you guys have going on? We're returning. We're returning to our homeland of Indiana oh, and uh, doing a show called The Blackout Diaries, which is uh, oh, a created Chicago by Chicago's funniest stand-up in 2010 and Chicago's best drunk in 2014, Sean Flannery. Nice. <laughs> That's a great and, combination. Uh, Who would have guessed yeah. an Irishman ever would have won that? He posted that and said, my wife and I have very differing opinions on this award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's just you get up and you tell drunk stories, and it's uh, it's it's a hoot and a holler. Oh, that's great. When when are you doing it? August second. Oh, nice. I considered the story of us going down to Indiana for that uh, cliff wrestling tournament. It yeah, was an but, all-nighter, and it was the longest I'd ever stayed up in my life, 47 straight hours. Yeah. Geez, well, it was the most that I'd ever slept on a trip to Indianapolis, <laughs> so it worked out. Uh, Old Circle City. Yeah. Whew. 
You uh, you plan on going to a wedding on a Saturday night, and all of a sudden you wake up Saturday morning at about 6.30 a.m. in the back of Brent's uh, shitbox car. I don't even remember Saturn. what it was. It was a Saturn. Was it a Saturn? Nice. I should have known. Yeah, you could have uh, stopped at shitbox. Everyone knows those are Saturn. Radio in that thing was not working, but you did have the boombox going. You carried the boombox. It was good. Yeah, I was holding on to it, sleeping the trip. in it hand. Your birthday night. Your birth yeah. night. Yeah. Wow. I, I was supposed to be going day, to a Why aren't you night? at the wedding? And he was... He had woken. He'd uh, woken up in Indianapolis. Uh, Michelle and Dave's wedding out in Rockford, and uh, sorry, somebody was talking to me, and she goes, "Where is he?" And I told him, "I said, look, I accidentally I woke up in Indianapolis this morning. I don't know what happened." <laughs> were you guys, Were she, you guys all going to this wedding? It was or? An acceptable answer. No, no, the wedding was in Rockford, but I, in the middle of the night, my birthday had been the night before. I'd right. been out, and I ended up at the bar and at we Close. were driving down to Indy after Close for Clark or uh, Cliff's. Uh, jiu-jitsu tournament yeah clark stumbled in after last call and it was his birthday so we're like all right we'll let him in you know he hangs out we're like yeah, hey we're going to indy clark gung-ho decides i'm going to indy too and we went home it was pouring i went with him packed all his clothes up <laughs> yeah uh, i don't came back tried to take the rv the rv broke down of course right in front of trader todd so then i end up driving my yeah, Saturn. Big clark passes out in the back wakes up in indiana like shit i'm supposed to be in a wedding tonight yeah it was great. You didn't make the wedding. No, I didn't. No but I did meet a stripper and found out her real name that night. <laughs> was Wait. it Candy? Huh? Was her real no. name Candy? No, Heaven was her stage name. Okay. Heaven. Oh, I didn't know that. Was her real name Heather? It was. Yeah. And uh, and she had two kids. She was trying <laughs> to get through trip. college. <laughs> it's easy to remember. <laughs> it blends well. I can answer to that. <laughs> oh man. Uh, we'll talk more about that story another time, Al. Maybe, maybe in about an hour. Like, if I was a stripper, I think my name, my stripping name would be Aloysius. But you guys, but you guys probably have some pretty decent stories. Alcoholic. Are you, are, you, are you getting excited about your Blackout Diaries down yeah, there? Yeah. Back home? Good. It's going to be fun. We're going to do wow. some separate stuff and then some together you stuff. You probably... So. Y'all might have some parental figures or some family figures coming yeah, out. Yeah, we'll have to edit. A bit. Yeah. But then again, kind of the theme of the show. We can probably right. blame it all on college yeah. or something, you know. No, I agree. That'd be all right. Well, that's good. You do need some time away from True Freeze. It's always good. You need a little <laughs> buffer in there, which we'll find out next week. You didn't grow up with the kid. You grew up with him? I did. I didn't realize from that. Wow. Wow, Jesus. Yeah, they go back. And then they, they, were, they were working at Todd's when I started going in there. All right. And that's uh, back in 03, my friend. I went to the Circle City once uh, to audition for Big Brother. The TV show. Didn't you see a big country show there, too? I saw um, in the area. I don't know if necessarily indie, indie proper. What is it? Edwardsville? What's the... There's a big music venue. Noblesville. 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 Yeah. Outdoor music. I saw uh, the Cougar. I saw Mellencamp in his home home state. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. What a show. I saw... And he was old already. That's a good venue. One of the first concerts I ever went to, I was like 16 or something. I went to Noblesville, Indiana, and I think it was opening. Opening act was Molly Hatchett. I think it was Charlie Daniels, and the headliner was Hank Williams Jr. Uh And uh, wow! So on the way down, we're like panicking. We're running a little late. Get there. And we're parked in the car, and I'm like, come on, hurry up. And I, you open the door, and all you hear is, I'm running down the road, and I'm flirting with disaster. That's the only song I know by them. I'm like, we got to go. Mm-hmm. We're missing the song. So we go. We, we run in. We get there. We enjoy the whole concert. Hank Jr. Uh, finishes up, and I start like, all right, where are my keys? Where the hell are my keys? I'm like, oh, man, I must have left them in the car. I'm like, all right, let's see if they're in the car. 
We go to the car, and there's a couple security guards standing around the car, and they're just laughing. And they're like, hey, uh, wait, were you planning on keeping your car cool? I'm like, huh? Left My damn on. car was running the entire show. Were the wow. locked in it? I don't, yeah, yeah, they were. Because we had to get somebody to, but uh, it's Indiana, you know. In Indiana yeah. in the 90s, you can find a uh, pry bar pretty quick. Somebody knows how to, to get a car open. So they popped the car open, and yeah, my car, I had a full tank of gas. I was down to, like, nothing, and went and got gas, and lucky That's it didn't overheat. Thing. That's a no-man's land out there. I've been trained yeah. out there. It's, it's, it's like a third-world world country after a concert. Like, yeah. no laws exist. Mm-hmm. No. Wow. Cornfields and lawlessness. <laughs> well, that was a good concert, though. I remember that. There you go. Indiana. Woo! More there than corn. Speaking of good concerts, Al Archer just announced uh, he's, he's kicking it off. Uh, where I saw him last, George, uh, Garth Brooks. Oh, yeah. Is Are you guys both going? Yeah, we've got to do yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I'll do my best. I know I know he's planning on one date right now, September 4th, or I believe. Well, he did five in Ireland, so you got to figure that yeah. uh, in here. Did you hear that? I, I heard that one got canceled. Yeah. They had, All of them? They rocked it out. Ireland is pissed. Well, he told them, he was like, I'm not canceling one or two shows. They For some reason, they wanted him to cancel a couple. He's well, like, to cancel one of those is like to choose one of my own children. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear how he announced Chicago, too? No, I didn't. It was, this guy is such a PR guy. The, oh, I saw that. The I kid. Yeah. He was yeah. like, he announced, hey, we're going out. Garth Brooks is returning, going on World Tour. And some kids asked the first question, like, uh, is Vegas going to be your first choice? And he's like, listen, I can't tell you, but when I'm ready to announce, you're going to be the first phone call I make. Wow. So he called the kid and told him, yeah, we're not coming to Vegas. We're going to Chicago. And the kid cried and broke his heart. Did he tweet it? Now the kid actually listens to Death Metal. He actually wrote a country song about it. (laughs) (laughs) The day Garden Brooks shut me down. Or someone else wrote Uh, it for him. The standing outside the fire video was about the the kids with Down syndrome in it. Do you remember that? He'd been on an episode or two of Quantum Leap. He played a character, Jimmy. Aren't you watching Quantum Leap again, Al? I did. It's not the... Kids, it, the, the the just the whole the the whole video is just so terrible though. It, it's like, yeah, it's so yeah, terrible. But it's awesome. But it's '90s. It's Garth Brooks in the '90s. I mean, yeah. the dance video. Remember that thing? I mean, it was like tragic. Everything was a tragic. Well, that we watched. God, don't even get me. Yeah, started. it's a tough one. It's Looking tough. back on the memory of Garth Brooks, we I mean, he was cheesy as hell. Yep. Corny, yep. Uh, pretty pathetic in hindsight, but it's still so much a part of our lives and such an institution. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like he said in Vegas, he said, "If you guys ever came to my live shows back in the '90s, you know, fire and I'm playing the guitar between my legs. Let me tell you a little secret. I wasn't playing that thing. Come on." He goes, "Who could?" Yeah. Oh, he's just a marketing guy. But yeah. I think oh, yeah, maybe yeah. we a might. Lot of people hate him. Even Jim Peckwitz today posted something about really. Uh, I think All a right, Merle Peckwitz. Haggard song. Yeah, the classic. Detroit fan. Yeah. Uh, but he no. said, you know, the thing about old country that's good is, is hardship and their yeah. lives sucked. They made a lot of mistakes. And he's like, Garth Brooks ruined it for everyone. He actually said that today. And a lot of people feel that way. What Peckwitz doesn't realize is country has forever Sorry. been associated. I, if in the 60s and 70s, you had the Nashville Sound. Um, all the songs were written by two or three guys. And it was all pop, bubblegum. I mean, George Jones, God bless George it's Jones. It's a machine. It's a pop yeah. machine. Oh, yeah. It's country. It, it, they they revolutionized the music machine in general. But can there be, like you had that counterculture in country of Willie, Waylon, those guys that were kind of the outlaw. Can that happen again? I mean, 
I mean, you can always go back. There are some guys who've been trying, like that Jamie Johnson. We we got to oh, see. Yeah. We got to yeah, see like Whitey Morgan. Yeah. Uh, Justin Towns Earl's a bit of a rough and tumble kind of guy. Yeah. Good looking, but rough and tumble. There's always been the underside of country, and there always will be. I mean, that exists. The songwriters, the honky tonk sound. You're not going to hear it on the radio anymore, but you are going to find guys who who tour and do decent. If I get to that concert, that means that I'll I'll see uh, the Black Keys at the UC in September, and then also uh, Garth. Dude, I've been meaning to talk to you about your Black Keys obsession. What? I mean, it's like everything is the Black Keys. You know, like, all you listen to is the Black Keys. You know what it is? I didn't get into them They're great. I love them. with this guy here to my left, uh, with Brent, and he introduced me to the album Brothers, and they had already had about 30 albums out before that. Well, eight, maybe. But they'd had a bunch, so now I'm going back, and I'm really getting into them. They're a modern-day stone. Our no. kids are going to look back and say, how did they have that many hits for that long? And like, they're, that's, they're that rock and roll machine, and there's not much else rock and roll right now. So At a time when rock and roll that. isn't popular. No, they're good, and definitely rock and roll is dead. There's no question it is. Um, right. It's not, I mean, you look at the top 40, it hasn't cracked in a long time. With quality. the internet, anything is possible. Yeah, it is. I mean... Distribution of music and distribution of sound, definitely. Um, there's no barriers anymore. Uh, but focus, radio, sales, marketing, it's definitely a different sound, and it's a pop sound. And I mean, it, in many ways, it always has been a pop sound, but pop used to make room for rock, and it, it doesn't anymore. I would say, I mean, urban, urban music, rap music is more, hip-hop is more... Um, influential musically right now than, than I would say rock is. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the best answer I give it, it's, it's a fluid process. <laughs> You're on the Larcher and Lawrence Sports Show. We do appreciate you listening. Uh, one of the main reasons, Al, that I brought uh, Brent in to talk was because much like our usual Wednesday shows, last week we were hoping to get that last-minute break last Wednesday about the That's NBA right. free agency. Uh, you thought maybe you'd get the official word from uh, LeBron, but at the time... We weren't quite positive, although if we went back and listened to last episode, you did say at the beginning you had invited LeBron in. We invited him in right. to make the announcement here. And once uh, again, he disappointed all he the alcoholics. He to catch to Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. Uh, but uh, it broke by early the next morning. That the But you did say the Cleveland thing last week, Al. Like you... You would pick that. No, I and think I... And then later you go, no, I think he'll end up staying in Miami. Yeah, I think he's going to stay in Miami. Was, I just, the, was the LeBron announcement, was it a sports moment where you remember where you were when it happened for you? For you guys? Uh, a lot of people are calling it that. No, I was at work. I, I think you remember. Uh, I mean, will you remember I, I for a long time? No. Was that an Alan Jackson there. song? It was a big deal for me. Yeah. I. It definitely is the biggest basketball story I can remember. I read since Malice in the Palace. I would say like show stopping since maybe Magic. Yeah. With the uh, HIV. I don't know. Wow, that's uh, putting it on quite know, the pedestal. Like, well, you have the decision in there. The decision. Yeah, but the, the, which the de- was we all want to forget. I think the decision is what made this moment so much more valued. Mm-hmm. It raised the stock of this moment because of the decision. The decision made him such a villain. He did it all wrong, and this time he did it all right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. This is, you know, the, Hulk Hogan left the WWF, goes to the, it becomes the NWO, becomes yep. the bad guy. Everybody hates him, and then he returns to the WWF. He comes back home. It's it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful sports story. I'm very happy with his decision. I've never been a LeBron hater. I actually really respect the guy, and I think uh, this is great. I think he needed to go to the Heat. 
to get away from what he's always been. Mm-hmm. You know what? Sometimes you've got to get out of your hometown. You've got to yep. come to the big city. Well, he called it his college, basically. Yeah, and I think that's a better way to describe so he it. he grew up. Is what happened. And the hilarious thing, I saw like Lance Stevenson signed the day with the Bobcat or yep. the Hornets now. Sorry, yep. Clark started her jacket. <sighs> I apologize. I don't know where. Rest it is. in peace. Um, but I saw the footage over and over of Stevenson blowing in LeBron's ear. And last year, I saw LeBron do that, and I was like, ah, that's actually kind of a good reaction from LeBron. But watching it today, I was like, I don't hate that guy at all. That's a really, he's such a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll but, what a gentleman. I don't. I, I mean, I don't. I think it, you're, we're exactly right. He is a face again. Uh, there's no. It was doubt a monumental about. sports moment. Yeah. Though, yeah. Where the best player in a sport that that values best players. Yeah. Changed everything. Yeah. He he reshaped the NBA. Um, the Heat now. I I don't. They're not. They're still probably a team to watch out they're, for. Playoff bound. I was thinking about this. If we met the the Heat in the first round, yeah. of playoffs, how much fun is that it going to be? Great. To still hate the Heat just as much. Yeah, that would help a lot. Like I don't think the Cavs will get booed as much as the Heat will still in Chicago. If I make it to a playoff game against the Heat, I would cheer every time Lou got the ball. Every time Lou all dang it. No, wow, did they gave not. they gave him a lot of money. Uh, no, they didn't. They gave him what we turned it. Like, what was what it about twenty million for two years? Dang. We offered him ten ten million. Right. A year. But then, I mean, going to Cleveland, he didn't end up with the with the best of neighborhoods there. Yeah. Or with well, the he thought he thought he could go somewhere else and do better, and then Cleveland right. just kind of squashed his right his hopes. So those two second round picks, right? Isn't that what we got out of it? Pretty pretty decent deal there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, he's on the line right now. Uh, been talking about it all day. Andrew is here with us. Uh, Rain man. Rain man. Hey boys, how's it going? It's going, right. man. Good. What what do you think about what was it 118 million for Chris Bosh? Yeah, that's uh, I guess a little bit of an overpayment you could say, but uh, I think for once in his life, Pat Riley was stuck instead of being the one screwing everyone else. So I think that was more of a I kind of have to do this move to stay competitive. Same with the uh, the Wade extension as well too. Yeah, but I, I think I more thought that they'd give it to Wade just out of a, a longer tenure with him. It was my idea. The Bosch thing, really, it, it caught me off guard, that's for sure. What's interesting, getting back to your point about LeBron, I think two points to make. One is, uh, I think, compared to other sports besides maybe NFL quarterbacks, when it comes to your legacy, NBA players, uh, it seems like championships mean the most to them, you know, not just stats and uh, whatnot. So what I'm interested to see is I don't see LeBron winning with this team at least in the next year or maybe two. So he did this not just just for basketball reasons. I think he did it for a bigger purpose, too. And I think one of those reasons I was reading about today was they said that LeBron going back to Cleveland will be like a $500 million increase in gross domestic product for the city of Cleveland, which is I mean, it makes it so, It's huge for that I, place. I, I believe yeah. they said this alone will create 500 full-time jobs for the Cleveland area, which is Pretty incredible are, if you think of it from that are standpoint. All, are all Cavs fans okay with this? Or are there some that it was just too much to see him go and play in four straight finals with another team? Cleveland is it's the town of forgiveness. They they every Sunday they forgive the Browns by yeah. Wednesday and believe they'll win by the next Sunday. I and mean What kind of grudge are you gonna hold you in Cleveland? See, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, honestly, you're just so ecstatic that this is actually happening. I I I mean 
you know, Sean runs this show, the Blackout Diaries. I'm sure he could run a year's worth of shows based on that Friday night that LeBron announced he was going back to Cleveland. Yeah. No. Well, and not, and not just that, but who else do you have to cheer for? I mean, I, I think they got to be jumping for joy. That, Johnny you know, Football. Okay. Well. <laughs> Two most under-the-microscope guys in sports. Oh, they're both going to make the national same, headlines in the same the shitty town. Yeah. Well, and it's something they can turn the shitty town around almost Ugh. with that. Uh, the Cavs are contenders, right? I mean, I know they need a year to kind of get they it together, are. but you've got to put them in there. Here's the yeah, thing they're that... contenders. Oh, sorry. Um, what I was going to say, though, is they still need pieces, and I think they'll make some moves. I know – I believe they signed Mike Miller, too, but um, – I think I think they'll go after Love, but they got to do everything in their power to to keep Wiggins without uh, or without giving up Wiggins to get Love. Someone made a good point too: is that Wiggins he's a, a year or two away, but he could end up being tipping to LeBron's Jordan if you look at it that way, which is an interesting sure. comparison. Love's only twenty five, though. I mean, oh wow, I didn't think you about look that. at that three. I mean. I almost think it's worth 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 dumping Wiggins for because Wiggins is still a question mark. You've got Love, who is good for twenty four and ten and corner threes all day. Is Wiggins? I mean, of course he could develop into your next Pippen, but you know. Yeah, Andrew, I appreciate you looking at the future there. Me being a guy enjoying prospects with the Cubs, I I especially know that I do get into that a lot. But I think right now it's got to be Love, especially twenty five. Yeah, he's twenty five. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. You you absolutely give up Wiggins to get him if you have to. I just think right now it's kind of a shaky market for Love. I don't think Golden State's going to give up Clay Thompson, so I think Cleveland could probably still make the better offer. So I think you do everything you can to, to try to keep Wiggins, but yeah, in the long run, if you have to give him up, I think you do. I think the ultimate thing LeBron did with this this new decision is everyone looked him looked at him as a ring chaser, like a like trying to beat six. Trying to get six, trying to get seven. Right. In going back to Cleveland, he's created a whole new mission for himself, really taking the pressure off of himself. All he's promised, or at least even hoped for, is one championship. That's what he said. I just want to get one back in northern Ohio. And that that's totally different than Jordan's mission or any mission that you thought he was on before and just super, forming super teams. Yeah. And that, that's really the redemption for me. One championship to Cleveland yeah. would do it. And, and that would it. be more than both of his championships in Miami. Absolutely. If he won just one in Cleveland. It, It'd know? be more than if he'd have gotten four down there, I, yeah. I believe. I, he's what created a great his own mission. It's almost like philanthropy. <laughs> I'm very happy he's back. Uh, and we all got to be really happy the Bulls have done it. Uh, they, we got our guy, the guy that everyone was looking for, uh, Nikola, good old Nick, uh, Mirotic. Mirotic? I, name, I think it's Miritich. Miritich. Yep. Is that what that thing means at the end? The... I, Andrew, anything? I, I believe that's what it means. So, uh, but yes, Miritich, I believe, is the correct correct pronunciation. I've I've listened to some feedback on him, and I've watched a little bit of YouTube. I'm hearing comparisons to him all over the place. I think Bulls fans will obviously remember Tony Kukoc, which could be a, a safe – yeah, I've, I've seen him compared to Kukoc. I've seen some of the stats from him. They're thinking that could be the similar impact right now. I've heard everything yeah. from Kukoc to Le- Rashard Lewis to Hito Turkoglu to Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I've heard a mix of Kevin Love and Boris Diaw, too. So if you can kind of imagine that. But I think any of those comparisons, Bulls fans would have to 
very happy with. So. I wonder how much his game's going to overlap with McDermott's. And, I mean, I'm fine if it does, but is one of those guys going to emerge as a starter? Is one going to stay on the bench? I don't know. Well, like with any European, you're not sure, but he had developed into since the Bulls got him in 2011. Uh, I read Will Bond earlier. Did you catch his? He, mm-hmm. he wrote a good Bulls article, yeah, yeah. of course. And uh, it, since then, he's just been stealing the show. He's developed into the best player in the European League. Yeah. And that's got to be actually. Oh. Well, I'm interested to see who that fifth starter is going to be for the Bulls because I think, sure, it'll be uh, Rose, Butler, Gasol, and um, Noah. Now, obviously, that would move Taj back to the bench, but Taj, that was almost his best role was, was coming off the bench. I mean, much like, like Ginobili in San Antonio, like Ginobili said, it was an ego hit at first for him to sit on the bench at the first, but he realized all the plays are drawn up for him. I think Taj is a guy who realizes – he can come off the bench and have a bigger impact in that role than as a starter. How about this? Uh, Boozer was amnestied, of course. We we all saw it coming. They wanted all, to trade him. Reinsdorf is kind of a cheap fella. Never been one to amnesty But that's much. not true. But this time he needed to. What? The Reinsdorf is is cheap, and he doesn't amnesty. He doesn't want to hit the luxury tax. That's the bottom line, yeah. It's, it, but I don't it, think it's that he's cheap. I think he, he's a smart businessman, and he, yeah. in most cases, makes a smart move. Now, you hate to do something like that, but in the long run, I think you realize this is a move that we need to do. Fact so. is he's, he's never taken real big chances being the third biggest market team in the league, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, Jim Cavan is an article that I got here, and he uh, brings up a, a decent point. Uh, replacing Boozer isn't all that difficult. All you have to do is make positive contributions. Chicago fans don't typically like to acknowledge it, but the Bulls were actually worse on both ends of the court with Boozer in during the 2012-2013 uh, season. Clearly by the playing time numbers, uh, Tibbs like to acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah, well, no kidding. He'd, that, that's the best thing about Gasol is I think he'll be able to play in the fourth quarter. I mean, yeah, well, well that three-post attack is going to be insane. Yeah. And not just that, what I like about Gasol is, and we've talked about this before, is the Bulls, have, how long has it been since the Bulls have had a post-up threat who is going to command a double team? And that's going to help your shooters like McDermott and Dunleavy and uh, the rest of the folks. Plus, how hard is are him and Derek going to be to guard in the pick and roll? I mean, if you lay off Derek, he can knock down mid-range jumper. If you trap Derek, he's going to find Gasol on uh, cutting to the basket or for an open jump or two. So I, I'm excited to see how this team's going to play out. You've got two of the best passing big men in the league playing together now. And, and I think the main knock on our off-season moves has been there's not that second go-to scorer who can create his own shot. Well, that's who Melo would have been. Exactly. I mean, that's what we would have gotten yeah, out of Melo. That was why dream, I Mello was the dream scenario, but just anyone who late in the game, you know, seven-game series, it's in the grind, is it just going to be Derek? Is Derek going to be healthy? We didn't get that second guy who can create a shot for himself. Right. Well, and in a way, I mean, he's not a guy you give the ball to the wing and say, go get yours, because that's not him. But I think that's what Gasol's going to fill. Because let's say even if he, you know, he's not always getting his own, he's either going to command a double team, he's going to draw fouls, he's a pretty good free throw shooter, or like you said, he's a good passer. So if you have Derek and Gasol, and you have Dunleavy and McDermott on the wing on the other side, you know, ready to knock down threes, I think even if he's not scoring all the time, I think he could fill that second score slash playmaker role that you were talking about. So 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, what I'm probably most excited about with the Bulls, with the with the entire off season right now, is that uh, the bench seems to be there again. I mean, we're rolling deep. That's Last the best year, the bench, bench mob we've had since right since like the, the Corver, and I think yeah, it's better yeah. than that. I, I do. It, the it potential is there. We'll see yeah. with McDermott. I know you guys have been paying a little more attention to the stats from Summer League and maybe even catching a couple of the games because I know they're, they're broadcast on NBA TV. But uh, last year, our bench was 27th in the NBA in scoring wow, and 23rd in three-point shooting. I mean, they had fallen, just gone. It, it's yeah. going to be better this year, believe me. Um, yes, both him and even Tony Snell look good in the Summer League. Now, I don't get too excited about the Summer League play. That's kind of like getting excited about hearing Zach Bowman's going to be a pro bowler just from Bears training camp. Right. But um, <laughs> I'm, yeah, uh, yeah I, <laughs> I think you could have seven or eight guys on this team who could average double figures. I mean, the odds of that happening are slim, but you're going to have those guys who can come out and give you at least 10 every night. So, yeah, yeah. ultimately it's, it's going to come down to hell. I mean, we're, we're, we're a really good team on paper right now. We're, Probably, I mean, if Derek returns to 80, 85% of form, we're, we're, we're the best team in the East. Is he going to be able to be the same player who gets to, gets to the basket? Can, can he continue no, to do that without hurting no himself? There's no doubt in my mind. It's just whether his body randomly that's holds it. up. Is that's the body going to hold up? That's what I'm asking. I'm not that. asking if he can. The things he's been injured on aren't contact plays. They aren't. They aren't <sighs> random crazy that's cuts. Scary shit. It's just random, just jumps where his body just breaks, and that's the scariest thing. He doesn't have the heart of a champion. That's <laughs> with the bottom line with Derrick Rose. <laughs> so wow. As as a rookie, now you got a couple rookies, uh, big named rookies. Uh, McBuckets is there. Uh, McDermott, and then uh, of course Mirochit. Miro, Mirotic. I'm getting. <laughs> we'll Al, get help me out here. Marovic. Oh yeah, there it is. Got Mar- it. Marinovic. Uh, he, uh, if he's going to see some playing time, which I mean, I hope, I hope he's that good right now. Uh, his his offensive stats, and this again comes back to that Jim Cavan. Well, Cavan. he was the Spanish league MVP. He says that last year the the raw stats were 12.4 points, six rebounds, 20. Doesn't really run up. Page at you. you know? Worked into the system well enough, and and that that's ultimately ultimately what we're trying to be as a system team. We're not we we go for those stars, we don't get them. You, you've got to follow the Spurs model, where where you hope that at the end of games it doesn't have to be one guy that scores. It's a system, it's an offense, and and Tibbs is a smart guy. I hope he's taking notes from Popovich. Andrew, I know I, I like your well, I was going to say I like your point about system because uh, I think this is going to be Thibodeau's most important year as a coach because a lot of these guys fill roles, but then they also have weaknesses too. So how does he pair them up? I mean, if you have Miritich and Gasol, who are weak post defenders, I mean, you can't really have them in the game at the same time. So are you going to see Gasol in there with Taj or Noah in there with Miritich? And then if uh, McDermott's in the game, are you going to see uh, Heinrich and Butler in there with him to guard the better wing? Um, to give those guys They're a break, too. So. You just see a lot of random lineups throughout the season, the way Popovich does it, where it's just like you see these guys playing together that are just random alignments that could work versus this team, could work versus that team, where they're all used to playing together because, like Clark said, we're, we're, we're as deep as we've ever been. Yeah. I think I think Bulls fans got to be pumped about the Stevenson move because – uh, Miami's not going to be there anymore. I don't think LeBron right. with Cleveland puts them with the Bulls. So it was just the Bulls in Indiana and with 
Stevenson. I mean, that's a big loss for him. I don't know how you make up for a guy like him so, near the end yeah. of the free agent market. You're saying you could easily see the Bulls in the finals. I would think right now, if Derek is even 85%, who's, who would you say is better than the Bulls in the East right now? It's, really it's a very it's very thin ice. That's scary, it, man. There, you can see the finish line in sight, but there's thin ice in between, and it's going to take a lot of health. It's yeah. definitely going to be a fun year to watch, though. There's so much to see that's different from last year. Central Division may be the best division in sports. You've got the Bulls, be. the Pacers, the Cavs. And you know you've Parker's going to play. Jabari up in uh, Milwaukee. And then yeah. you got, you got Josh Smith in Detroit. Right, Jim? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. As, I wanted to make a point. Has this? Can you guys remember a more interesting NBA offseason in the past, I don't know how many years, between LeBron and Cleveland? We haven't even mentioned Melo yet. There's obviously uh, the pending Kevin Love trade whenever that's going to happen. So uh, you had the, yeah, you had the MB injury in the draft. Kid switch alone becomes <laughs> the most crazy offseason you can That's remember. so silly. And we're still not done with the whole Donald Sterling storyline as well, too. Oh, I'm done with that, B. I'm done with okay. it. Yeah, I think it's passed. I think we've already. But, but yeah, they, they're saying the ownership the may have not passed hands before the start of the season. So then it's not looking oh. like it at this. Point. So are you thinking yeah. people won't play? They'll play knowing that a resolution is in hand, but it's I would still, hope it's oh, still uh, they're professionals. They're going to go to work. If listen, if you Chick-fil-A has some horrible political standards by most people's definition, everybody didn't stop working. I mean, it's still a job. You're still being paid by a team. You're still in a profession you've worked your entire life to get to. Everybody who's ever sat out of a sport, any time, whether it be a strike or whatnot, lost great years, and in hindsight, they realize it. Well, the You're NBA play. last year was very close to the entire night of the playoffs, everyone sitting out a game. Yeah, close, but it didn't it happen. Didn't. Well, because Silver made the right announcement. Al doesn't if, believe if for a second that it would happen. I don't think it would have happened. I really I, don't. Think I, it would. I'm with the you, Brent. Were I ready to do it. Every yeah. team was ready to do it, and yeah. Uh, in in hindsight, too, how how good of a move was the uh, the Doc Rivers trade to bring him on as head coach? Because he's the one who's really kind of calmed the fire here. If if anyone else was running that organization, now he's become like a, a, an almost race ambassador, where he's just. He's yeah. like a cultural icon above it all. It's, it's it's crazy. Yeah. No. I'm. Yeah. We'll see what happens there. I like I like I like Doc Rivers. I loved him with the Celtics. I know that's that's your team, Andrew. I know you and Bill Simmons talk about it all the time. But uh, I uh, yeah, I became a fan of him there. Uh, real quick, I just think he's really stepped up as a leader. Oh, I, just a real quick. Uh, we'll spend short time on it, but the off season of uh, Danny Ainge and the uh, Boston Celtics. Yeah, it's it's been interesting. Um, I think for the positions they were at in the draft, I think they did pretty well in, as far as getting the best players available. Um, well, a, a footnote was in, they helped Cleveland make room for grabbing LeBron. Yeah, yeah, so to speak. It, it helped us, too, by getting a draft pick and a young player in return, so really it, it didn't cost us a whole lot. But, yeah, in that sense it did, but couldn't you say that uh, the Celtics kind of killed the Heat dynasty, too, which is <laughs> – all right. Uh, sorry, Wait. looking for something positive here. No, no, no. That's right. You know, I asked you both, Brent. Hey, at least we're not the Lakers, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they they did rough. Uh, or the Rockets. Uh, they're right there. I know Andrew's mentioned that, but I wanted to ask you real quick was about uh, 
Thibodeau, and I asked you both, like, playing rookies, it's not what he does. So, but you think that Mick, Mick, uh, McBuckets, McDermott there, is, uh, has a chance to actually see some significant playing time? I, well, I do. I, mean, not, I was going to say, ahead. not just him. Um, these are different kinds of rookies. These aren't 19-year-olds. I played one year in Kentucky, and I'm here. You're talking about a guy who's been the best player in Europe for two to three years, and then a guy who's been the best player in college basketball for at least a year, and he's, what, the fifth all-time winning scorer. So, yes, are they rookies, but in one sense they're, I guess you could say, a veteran rookie. So I think that could change things a little bit in his thinking. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a – Yeah. Hey, Andrew, I wanted to say thank you real quick for calling in. Uh, it's yeah, It's been a good time talking. Talking some basketball with you. Uh, thanks for giving us a ring. Who are you looking yeah. at that pay-per-view on uh, Sunday? Uh, you know, I haven't looked into it too much yet. Um, it doesn't look too exciting. Obviously, just the uh, the preview up to SummerSlam. That's what yeah. I'll be looking forward to. But, uh, hey, I enjoyed the country music talk, too. So keep that everyone. Oh. So oh, thanks, man. You going to go see Garth? I'd love to. Where's he going to play? Is it United Center? Or? Yeah, he's All playing Allstate again. Rosemont Horizon. Yeah, he should have done something. Allstate. We all have to go, you guys. We all have to go. Yeah. It's going to be a tough ticket. I think it's a It rule. is going to be a tough ticket. Guess, Could he yeah. play in the parking lot and we all park on 90 and everyone gets to hear him or what? Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's a big UFC fight tonight. Remember, Andrew, I know you followed a little bit, but our guy Cole Miller, we had him on a couple months ago, and then shortly thereafter he got hurt. Tonight was going to be that fight, UFC 45. Yeah. And uh, not related, Jim Miller stepped in for him to fight uh, Donald Cerrone. So, uh, the old Bears quarterback? That's happening about now. There's another, there's another UFC fighter not related named That Jim guy Miller. will take any job. Not, not I, the I, believe, I believe Jim Miller's goatee is fighting in the undercard, right? Wow. <laughs> I got to see a picture of this guy now. I kind of know. Uh, Michael Jordan is pre- presenting the uh, Jimmy V Award tonight at the ESPYs. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll turn that on. I, w- I, w- I want to watch it for sure. Andrew, thanks again for the call, brother. Thanks, guys. Let's do it again. Doors closing. Jesus, Larcher, we're almost there, my friend. Wow. You know what? In all that basketball talk, I didn't even get to bring up the uh, British Open. Oh, boy. <laughs> So I'm very upset. Unfortunately, we, we missed that. I didn't even get to talk Cubs, and I know everybody wanted to talk prospects. I had notes. I brought notes on it. If you want to talk to me, hit me up. Tweet, tweet at us at, at Larcher Lawrenson. I'm Where is Clark on Facebook. He's Larcher Than Life. Think somebody look him up. If you're in the Indy area, I know we got a couple Indy yeah, listeners. Yeah, why not? Check Absolutely. out that show August 2nd, Brent. Thank you for being here with us, brother. White Rabbit. White Rabbit. Um, after uh, we go off the live show, I'll play the... Uh, I'm going to play our, our promo uh, telling you about uh, the Trader Todd show. Oh, lovely. Next week, yeah. live from Trader Todd, you can come out and see Al Archer and I, Clark Lawrenson, with Ali Bockler and then uh, stand-up comedian Drew Freeze joining us. You can try the Larcher Lawrenson, the Larcher and Lawrenson Lemonade. It's going to be the special. It's going to be what it's all about. I mean, it's just going to be magic all around, and it's going to be so wonderful to finally get out and uh, be with the people because – you, Clark Lawrenson, are a man of the people, and they've been they've been hankering to see you. So now's the time. Well, I'm excited for it. Uh, Todd, Virginia, it's great for them to, to let us come over and have a little bit of fun. That's be uh, thank thank you. So come see it live. You can even listen to it live on Blog Talk Radio. Tonight was episode 88. Big thank you to Des Clark for tweeting back. Yeah. 
That was awesome. Dale Jr. is trying to still figure out what the internet is. So There you go. And Patrick Kane, I didn't get a chance to talk to. Well, he was busy today. Announced a new contract. Episode 89 is next week. I'll be contacting Mike Dicka to join us oh. there at Trader Towns. Have a good night. Brent Bridwell, thank you for being here. Woo! Thanks, Andrew. Woo! Take it easy. Woo, woo! <laughs> thank you to Ronnie Woo for showing up. This is a Ricky Ricardo production. Hey, Randy Travis here. Be sure and listen to the morning show with Big Al, your pal, on your country alternative 98.5 WACF. Best are uh, Berman, uh, Bill O'Reilly, and then William Shatner doing commercials. Anyway, yeah, I'm just saying it. All right. Good night. July 23rd at 7 p.m. For the first time ever, the Larcher and Lawrence Show goes on the road. Oh, I sure wish I was going with you. Yeah? You got a helmet? Oh. Oh, I've got a helmet. <laughs> Join us as we broadcast live along with Ellie Bockler of You and Me This Morning on WCIU. Thank you, thank you, and go Bears!